looks like you're sitting in the dark now. It does. I'm not. I do have lights, a couple of other lights on, but this is so unfortunate. I'm so upset right now. I'm sorry. Well, we clicked the oh. button. Oh, there you go. It's back. It's back. We are recording. Do you have your live recording button on? Like the, the, the gift you I don't make have. Out oh, no, I don't. No. Mm. That's a bummer. Should I have it on? It's okay. Okay, well, it's a little bit... It doesn't really fit anywhere right now. I need to make space for it. Mm. You know what I saw? Okay, so I am a huge fan of TikTok, as I think we've talked about on here. Yes, I don't care are. what people say. I think, it's, I think it's a brilliant app. Truly brilliant. I love it. I make sure I only go on it at night before I go to bed because it's so captivating. <laughs> but I also, I think, like, it's entertaining. It gives you videos that... You know, are funny, are yeah, inspiring, are inform informational. Like it does really. I mean, my algorithm isn't just like stupid shit. Like it actually, it, it it's it's fun. It's movie clips. It's interviews. It's it's pranks, and it's also like informational it's stuff. YouTube, but curated. Sure. Yes. And I used to have YouTube thir- Tuesdays and Thursdays in college. I had office hours when I was the sports editor of the newspaper. And I had to be there Tuesday and Thursdays, and no one would ever fucking visit me, obviously, besides, like, maybe a freshman writer here and there. So I would call them YouTube Tuesdays and Thursdays, where I would just watch uh, interviews from press junkets of movies and TV shows. It was literally all I would do. Or I would watch, like, <laughs> Golden Buzzers on America's Got Talent or, like, shit like that. So it is that exactly, and I've always loved it, and I loved Vine. Anyway, the point is that I'm trying to make is I stumbled upon a video – uh, called Alex's Amazon Secrets or something like that. Okay. And it's newer. Like, he's just joined the platform, but he posts so much every day. Mm-hmm. Tina, there are incredible sales that he posts with his own personal coupons, with, like, just, like, sneaky sales that you wouldn't see that are, like, honest to God, like, 70% off. I saw, so how it comes full circle, I saw, an like, a standing desk, the ones that move. Yeah. Like with the button? Uh-huh. Those are expensive desks. They're very expensive. With his coupon code, 57% off, it went from like $420 down to less than 200 bucks. Did you buy it? No, but it's saved for later. That's good. There's only nine left, and I've seen multiple things. There's this 38-piece food storage kit. Originally, oh God, you should not be telling me about this. I'm trying to not spend money. Originally, like sixty eight dollars, seventy one percent off. You can get that for like twenty two bucks. That's and I joined. I joined his Facebook group, and he's doing like giveaways, and he's just getting going. So the giveaway post was like, like this post, uh, follow the group, and comment giveaway. And I was like one of fifteen people that did it. Only like it's a small little group right now that he's building, and I'm obviously now telling the six listeners that we have that they can also go and and do it but honestly it's incredible and it's not only amazon it's mainly amazon but he's done i saw something i think it was i don't know what it was exactly but it was a keurig from somewhere for like 55 percent off it's unbelievable that's That's awesome um oh i missed this i think there's a uh guy that i follow on instagram that does like freebies and stuff and mm. he got like 10 KitchenAid mixers for like 70% off which is bananas but anyways he was giving some away tonight and I meant to 
mm. meant to try and uh, get in on that. He's getting like fifteen away or something. Um, but yeah, no, I it's crazy it. because it's... Amazon is such like a deep extravagant marketplace where not only companies obviously put their stuff up but there's a lot of resellers and and, mm-hmm. and even like own individual i guess you know kind of curators and yeah. there's just like you probably don't see thousands and thousands of products so these people however they right. do it post these deals that amazon's putting up because they're trying to get rid of inventory or whatever it may be amazon is just like such a beast where it's obviously incredible prime is the most worth worth it membership i've ever seen by millions of miles and i don't know like they they do it sucks because they're a behemoth and they put a lot of small businesses out of business and things like that but for a giant corporation they're so good like they're quick and if you ever have any problems they give you your money back or whatever and their products are good quality it's just I don't know. It's crazy. And then stumbling across this guy that is like giving out high level. There was an area rug, and I'm in the market for an area rug. Uh-huh. Five by seven feet, nice little beige shag area rug. Originally like 250 bucks on sale, 65% off for like 120 or something. That's wild. Craziness. You should get all of them. All of the deals that you just listed sound incredible. You're moving, I have, so you've, you've I have, got, a, got a place yeah. for it. I've saved them all for later. I got a lot of um, points saved up from my credit card that go directly to Amazon too. So maybe I will. Um, but nonetheless, how was your Easter holiday in Lancaster slash Pittsburgh? It was lovely. Um, it was really nice to be with family. It was really nice to just like, you know, sit around and chat. And uh, we're big into cooking, so we did a lot of that. And a lot of our sitting and chatting um, was around the dinner table, which was awesome. And uh, over copious amounts of homemade wine. Very nice. Yeah, how was yours? Similar. Uh, Was nice to be home. I think I mentioned last week I haven't been home in a while, which... Yeah. I don't live far from home, for those of you that don't know. And it was just kind of crazy schedules and stuff, um, but was home. My brother didn't actually end up being able to make it home, which was a bit of a bummer, but um, got to spend time with my parents and a nice little Easter lunch, watched, went to the movies and saw Ooh. Air with my dad. I forgot that you went and saw it finally. Not finally, I but I, I you usually see things before me. Anyways, go on. Um, yeah, I think it was one of those films that unfortunately – was built up so much in my head and it would have been difficult probably to live up to it. I didn't enjoy it as much as I was hoping I would. That doesn't mean I didn't enjoy it. I think Mm -hmm. it still will make the Final Cut Friday for, it would make Final Cut Friday for both of us. I I saw your rating on Letterboxd. It was, it was higher than mine, but you can't go to it, to the movie and say you didn't enjoy it. It's impossible. But with a biopic like that, there's no dramatic suspense because you know what's happening. And mm-hmm. I didn't think Ben Affleck was great. I thought Damon and Davis were amazing. Uh, Bateman was my second favorite performance behind Damon. I liked what they did with not showing Jordan. I watched many interviews of them about not wanting to take the allure away. And actually, Michael said he, they weren't allowed to uh, hire an actor <laughs> for him. But anyway. Um, of course you know, they weren't. I, th- I think, I don't know, it just... It, I don't want to say it was flat. It just, it was fun. 
it's a fun movie. There's there's good one-liners, but there's nothing special that was like I mean, I'm seeing things that are like Oscar buzz for Damon in the movie and and that seems a little bit ridiculous to me. Uh, but it was an enjoyable film. Yeah. Um I thought his performance was really good. I think there were a couple of times where I was like, "Wow, that was fucking awesome." But mm. you know, I mean, I think the best times were his interactions with um Doris Jordan. Is it Doris or Dolores? Dolores. Dolores Jordan. Like, I mm-hmm. think that if it had been more focused around that, mm-hmm. rather than, like, as big of a scope as it was, mm-hmm. had they just, like, narrowed it down even just a tiny bit more, I think that would have been... Um, I think it would have been far more interesting because I felt like that was where, like, the crux of everything kind of was. Yeah. I thought his speech was awesome in the boardroom. That was my favorite scene. And I didn't know a lot of it. Like, I didn't know h- how yeah, integral Michael Jordan was to saving Nike from just being the top running company. Like, they yeah. were already, like, you know, that was their, their their motive. They had a failing basketball division. And, you know, I didn't realize that that was really kind of the all-in move to save that company from becoming just one niche athletic company mm-hmm. to what it is now. But, again, it just... I don't know. It, it was yeah. fun. Perfect dad movie, as as I saw a lot of comments say. Um, but anyway, saw that. Had uh, Easter lunch on Sunday. Stayed an extra day. And I think that was it. My mom watched The Whale. I probably made her watch The Whale. We argued. Me and my mom argue a lot. But we argued. Yeah, yeah. One of the arguments was... Um, just going at it about Babylon. It's probably the fifth time we've had this argument because I recommended She didn't like her. it. Oh, no, she hated it. And I recommended that she watched it, thought she would like it, hates it, thinks I'm stupid for liking it, <laughs> um, thought it was ridiculous for loving it. But nonetheless, uh, I had, like, recommended The Whale. And as you know, I, I'm pretty good with recommendations of people yeah. that I know well in my life. But I was like, I really don't think you're going to like it. You know, it's slower, it's heartbreaking we've talked about yeah. it on here before um but she did change she, she said she really enjoyed it and um i got myself back on track with the recommendations oh, good. which was nice because i felt like i missed a couple in a row with with you with uh cabin in the woods and and huge miss a big enough miss to make my mom angry with me about babylon <laughs> months later um but yeah that was pretty much it i don't think there was any other any other stories i don't know yeah, I think that was that was pretty much the weekend. It was nice just to be home. The weather's beautiful now. Uh, I think we finally made it out on the other side, which is which oh is great. Oh my god! I left my apartment today, and I was just like, "This, this is fucking amazing." Yeah. Um, I was really missing my yard today. Yes, I'm sure that that little yard out there and is, is is missed. I'm. It got me excited for. The courtyard and the pool at my new place. Yep, yep, same. I also found out that there's a rooftop. I guess Don just didn't find it necessary to <laughs> show us. Um, so I'll be interested to see what that looks like. I saw it on their website. But uh, yeah, that's pretty much it over here on Roll the Credits. We're here on episode one, two, three. Oh, boy. One, two, three. A lot of Four, episodes. Four, five, six, uh, you think 76ers? You think we'll ever get to episode four, five, six? You what? Do you think we'll ever get to episode four, five, six? 
Maybe we should stick with like two, three, four as the next one. Two, three, four. Yeah, I mean, who That's knows? A lot of episodes. Who knows? That's a lot of episodes. Never know. Uh, but this one is focused on Kevin Costner, a uh, staple in Hollywood for decades, and somebody that I kind of consider as he's kind of like a, a feel good leading man. He reminds me of Dennis Quaid. He reminds me of somebody that is a leading man and a father figure. He's done a lot of sports movies, things like that. So I was excited to dive into something new, but I will let you go first. All right. Um, So I watched a movie from 2007 called Mr. Brooks. Mm -hmm. Um, I had to text my friend to find this movie for me on the back pages of the internet uh, because it was not available for streaming anywhere. Wow. Isn't that insane? Not only could you not stream it, the only way I could find to watch it was literally purchasing a DVD. Get the fuck out. And getting out. it delivered to my home. You that was did all that? I could find. Absolutely not. What? <laughs> I don't even have anything that a DVD can go into. Wait, so how'd you watch it? Oh, my friend found it on the back pages of the internet for me. Like an illegal stream? Yeah, it mm. was great. Um, was it good quality? Yeah, it was great quality. Uh, hmm. I was very impressed, actually. And she was like, hey, um, just to be safe, do you have a pop-up blocker? And I was like, I don't fucking Imagine know, getting a virus maybe. trying to watch yeah, Mr. Right. Brooks from 2007. Um, <laughs> and I was like, ah, fuck it. Like, if, <laughs> if I'm going to get a virus, I'm going to go down with, like, whatever. And mm-hmm. uh, she was like, I just I have a pop-up blocker and I have a VPN. I was like, you have your own fucking VPN? What am mm. I doing wrong? But anyways... Um, yes. So, shout out to Siani for, uh, finding it on the back pages of the internet for me. It was absolutely worth it. Um, but a 2007 movie starring Kevin Costner, um, and he plays this character called Mr. Brooks. His name's Earl Brooks. And Earl has an addiction to killing. Um. Whoa. Yeah, it's kind of interesting because in the beginning, like, He's. It starts out with the reciting of um, some stuff from AA for a twelve-step program, and um, so they like kind of play into it as an addiction in that sense, which is an interesting way to look at a serial killer. Um, but anyway, so he has this murderous alter ego named Marshall, who's played by William Hunt. So. It's like this never-ending, like, internal battle between Earl and Marshall. But it's not just, like, him going back and forth in his own head. Like, Marshall is right there. Mm. And, like, Marshall's kind of, like, in the background and, like, follows him around. And there are, like, certain scenes where there is somebody else present, but he and Marshall are, like, talking to each other. But that third person just, like, doesn't know. So it had, like, an interesting dynamic to the movie, um, which I very much enjoyed. Um, But anyways, Earl commits to one final murder because he had been what he, like, he hadn't killed for, like, two years. He's been, like, controlling his urges or whatever Mm. and um, ends up killing two people because, you know, like, some stuff happens. And anyway, so... He then commits to doing one final murder because someone sees him committing that murder. And it's this man that goes by Mr. Smith. His actual name is, like, never really revealed. Um, He's played by Dane Cook. And he's just, like, this 
idiot that wants to see him kill again because like it made him like get off and it's kind of weird and earl's like this is very fucked up i should not be doing this kind of thing like earl has a conscience in a sense so it makes it weird that he's like this loving family man but also like a serial killer yeah a serial killer Mm. um it's a little bit dexter like which is one of my favorite shows so Mm. you know it really did it for me but there are a lot of subplots um and just generally gets like slightly more preposterous as it goes on um which like i don't know takes away a little bit from the seriousness of it but imdb gave it a 7-3 rotten tomatoes 55 percent i gave it a 7-4 i very much enjoyed it i thought it was interesting i thought it was it was pretty unique like just the way everything kind of unfolded um but what i wanted to talk to you about was what would the name of your like alter ego be it's not Mm. it doesn't have to be a killer like ideally it's not a killer but like who's your alter ego Hmm. so back in college and we've talked about this on here before the poon was not Mm -hmm. only a dance move but it was an alter ego oh okay um I would not like that to be mine anymore <laughs> for <laughs> a multitude of reasons ego. as I'm about to turn 29. I would not like my alter ego to be the poon. But that was actually born in high school. Stuck with me through college, I think. And um, nowadays, I don't know if I would, I like, I don't, I don't know if I have an alter ego. Would you say that you have an alter ego? Not a name specifically, but an actual alter ego. I mean, yeah, I feel like we can all, like, kind of put on a front to a degree. Hmm. Like, I'm trying to think of, like, an example. Oh, my God. Okay, okay, okay. So think about it like this. I feel like, to a degree, like, your online presence is sort of an alter ego. Like social media in general? Yeah. It kind of lets you curious how you want people to see you yeah i think that's true that is like low-key your alter ego i think for some people that is a much bigger like that alter ego gets confused and mixed up with who they really are you know the people that are like much more invested in social media than you or i Mm -hmm. but yeah i think you're right to a certain degree you know i've always seen and we've talked about it on here before i think you know instagram specifically i think is an application that allows you to show the best parts of your life the only parts of your life that you want other people to to see and to break down and to talk about and gossip about and all of those things which obviously isn't real life because you know i don't think you know anybody's life is an instagram real if it is you're living a great fucking life but i think yeah, to a certain degree, those are all alter egos. I think that's why I started my Polaroid challenge. Uh, yeah. You know, I mean, it's almost over coming in the final stretch here, but to show not only, not to show just like the great parts, right? But to just take a picture in that moment of something happening and that's it, leave it as is, right? Yeah. Uh, you know, there's times in the past. I started it on May 28th, two days after my 28th birthday. It will finish up. 
on May 28th, two days after my 29th birthday. And there's times I'll go back in these books and look and there will be snapshots of things in that moment that were enjoyable or in that moment that were important or in that moment that were even relevant that just a few short months later are no longer. You know, mm-hmm. and I think that shows the realness of of life, right? Of everyday life, of of things that happen. Um, there was a couple in there that I took, you know, when I was dating somebody, you know, back in the day. Um, we talked about it on here before, but like the plastic surgeon, like I took yeah. – I took a picture. I think it, you know, obviously I'm not taking pictures of every first date. That would be incredibly disturbing. But, <laughs> you know, as if, if the if the dates, you know, become multiple and, and whatever, you feel comfortable. Those are in there. And it's not like right. I would necessarily take them away. You know, it's a part of life that happened and enjoyed in that moment. Uh, that's just one example of, of a very different thing than, right? Like that would never go on Instagram for me. You know, right. that would be incredibly strange and that would be you know looking back on it then you're like why the fuck is this girl that you went out with five times like on your instagram page like that's crazy so yeah i guess we all do have an alter ego to a certain degree i also think when you bring in like drugs and alcohol and and things of that nature there's always a part of you that is a little bit different Mm -hmm. for me i'm a little which is insane to think about but i'm a little bit more talkative when i'm drinking uh, I am a little you bit louder when I'm drinking. Uh, I think I'm a little bit more fun when I'm drinking most of just the time. Just a little at bit least. more everything. Just imagine yeah. your attitude and your being amplified. Yeah, a, little, a sprinkle of a little bit more of, of kelp and all yeah. over the place. It's but like, it's like you got plugged into an amp. Right, exactly. But I think it, for a long time now, at least, it's been in a good way. Like for oh, me, for sure. yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I even, haven't, you haven't been angry drunk in a while. Long time, but for a while that was my alter ego. Oh, like when I know. when things were going bad, like I was the absolute worst to mm-hmm. a lot of people around me, and what would be destructive ways for my own self being and in, in, in actions towards others. But um, I don't know if there's like a, a specific thing I could be like, oh, this is my alter ego. But I think there's pieces in, like you said, social media, going out and drinking, whatever the case may be. Um, yeah, but no, you try. I, really I try to strive away from it. I think as much as I can, at least. Yeah. You agree? Yeah, I absolutely agree with you. I think everything you said is just, like, very accurate. And I do feel that, yeah, you're out. You add some alcohol in, and you turn into a different person. You make different decisions. You, you know, maybe say things that you normally wouldn't say. Um, do things you normally wouldn't do. Exactly. For better or for worse, you know? True. We go on both sides of that. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And it can be, you know, it really can be, like, good in certain ways. Um, There's absolutely, it's more likely to be destructive. I'm not going to even pretend like that's not the case. But there's a handful of uh, silver linings that occasionally will come out of that. I think so, too. I, I, I do, I am under the impression that having too big or too frequent of an alter ego is not good. I think you need to be as true to your authentic self as you can be. But I do believe in certain scenarios, sprinklings of alter egos that allow you to step outside of your comfort zone, say some things you wouldn't say, do some things you wouldn't do. Like you said, for better or worse, changing a little bit of the course of your life down the line, I think is necessary. You know, I think 
a little bit of whatever it is, whether it's liquid courage, whether it's you know on social media, putting yourself out there, whatever the case may be, I believe a little bit of it is necessary. Too much of it is 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 destructive. Absolutely. Life's just one giant balancing act. It is. You know, I was listening to McConaughey was on, as we love McConaughey, was on Armchair mm-hmm. again for the second time this past week. And I could listen to that fucking man talk for hours. He is just so... The wavelength of how he speaks, like he's, I always picture him like sitting back with a beer, just talking about life and journeys and green lights and yellow lights and how you have to get to here to become this. It's just, it's crazy. And I think he's one of the few people that kind of puts Dax in a seat because Dax has a rhythm to himself as well. He loves to hear himself talk. He's, he's very, he, he's good at it. You know, obviously they've created that platform. But he sits back and just lets Matthew talk too, and um, but I was listening to their their last episode, and uh, McConaughey was just talking about like life itself and not taking it too seriously, and you know he was like, "Man, I want to live. I'm not done on this earth. I got things I want to do, but I'm not thinking about it. My mom is 91 years old, and she is living life." And he was just, like, talking about how, like, she just doesn't even consider what old age does to a lot of people. She always is like, why are you even thinking about that? Whatever. Like, I'm just living life, like, stress-free. I think so much of us gets, for whatever reason, and I'm stuck in it right now myself, like, put we put ourselves in, like, this pressure cooker of every little thing being so important and so do or die and so... Like just taking a deep breath and enjoying life. Yeah, the, taking the, the magnifying glass off the page. The odds of you being you here on this earth right now are trillion to one. And you got a lot of good things going for you. Just take a breath and let life kind of run its course. Affect what you can affect and change what you can change and try to put good out into the world. And if you do that, you know, um, it... it karma comes back around and uh you know i think that's what he's trying to preach he feels more of a preacher than an actor nowadays and he's kind of talked about that are you gonna be buddhist i don't know i don't know what he's i think buddhism might be good for you oh for me yeah we're not talking about matthew we're talking (laughs) about you but he's got this thing called the art of living uh event on april 24th it's this free virtual event he's doing for four hours he's just interacting with the virtual audiences and talking about the art of living and i am literally taking a pto day to to watch <laughs> it <laughs> the dead ass um okay uh, so 7.3 did you say 7.4 7.4 for mr brooks mr brooks okay so i watched a movie from 2015 called mcfarland usa which is a movie about cross-country running. So I will... Exactly. I'll say up front my hesitations and expect... Hesitations were high, expectations were low. But this is everything that I love in a film. It I can be self-aware that this is my favorite genre and it might not be yeah. everybody else's, but a feel-good true story where they actually do report on all of the truth 
and led by a leading man like Kevin Costner, who is a, like I said at the beginning of the show, a feel-good leading man. And I freaking loved it. Yeah. And it's so ridiculous to say that I loved a Disney-made, PG-rated, true story based on a cross-country team out of McFarland, USA. But it was just that, and that is the truth to it. I love uh, it. Spectacular final 25 minutes. I was sitting around the low to mid sevens, which is where we've been stuck in for a long time, at least for me personally. I haven't watched a film that I've been like, oh, that stunk, or I've been like, oh, that's right. great. I've been in the middle of good movies, which is fine, but those last 25 minutes were so just great. Like, I was emotional. Um, it's just it was it's just the epitome of what I love. Uh, we know I love true stories. Maybe make it a feel good one if that's the, the arc of the, of the story. Then even better. So the movie stars Kevin Costner, who is um, Jim White. Maria Bello is his wife, Cheryl White, and the only other recognizable face that you guys might have known would be Valente Rodriguez, who is Principal Camillo. Um, who uh, Valente Rodriguez plays George Lopez's best friend in the George Lopez show. If you remember him oh, from, yes. uh, so Ernie, yeah, exactly that Ernie. Um, those are the three uh, stars in the film, but the movie is around Coach White coaching these seven um, Mexican cross country runners from McFarland, California. McFarland, California is one of the poorest towns in America. And Coach White has had his troubles with, I guess, handling his emotions. So he is a high school football coach, and he had multiple incidents where he threw a cleat at uh, an athlete and it ripped open his face, where he got in an argument with another coach. So on his resume, it had fallen where he really only had one choice, which was to relocate his family to McFarland. California, which I said is one of the poorest towns in America and is very um, uh, ethnically focused on um, Mexican population. Okay. So they stuck out like a sore thumb when him, his wife, and his two ki- two daughters moved there. They were nervous. It was, you know, they got there and there's no yard. Their house is small. There's this big Mexican lady painted on the living room wall. They don't fit in. And he's in the beginning, he's like, I'm just doing what I can to, 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 to build the resume and get out of here. And he is the assistant football coach and literally gets fired on the first day because he doesn't let a kid go out onto the field who has a concussion. So he actually had good intentions for, for okay. once. Um, and he's the PE coach. So he's the gym, gym teacher, coach, whatever. And he sees these four or five Mexican high schoolers just – run it like lapping people on the track yeah and there's three brothers diaz brothers there's i think i've um, seen it really i think so and he then tries to start a cross-country team which you know the principal's like this is ridiculous like never gonna work we're going up against you know californian athletes you know how that goes with any sport and it's just the story of these seven kids with nothing to lose and they're out in the fields picking um all these different things, almond holes and, and different types of vegetables and fruit. Like they do it for hours from like 4.30 to 7.30 before school. They go to school all day and then they pick after until dark and like that's the life they live. And he learns with through like one day of hard work how much heart these kids have, how, how much they have going against them. 
Um, and it's just this whole story of this team coming together from out of nowhere in a very poor part of California and the United States in general mm-hmm. and this cross-country team giving them hope for their future and for themselves and their families and the community rallying around everybody and embracing the white family like they're they've known each other for forever um yeah it was just a very enjoyable fun feel good true story that they did something at the end you know how every film i won't spoil it but every true story film you watch they put like whatever happened up in like the words uh, the the stats or whatever of of the true story yeah right they did that but they actually brought back all of yeah 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 yeah. i did see this the real i think like six of the eight main people in the film like mm-hmm. were actually there in the final scene which i thought was really really cool yeah that um, was a really awesome part of it so imdb gave it a 7.4 rotten tomatoes gave it an 88 percent or 80 percent excuse me and i gave it a 7.7 7. Ooh, so high rating for you bud one of those were like it can't be better truly it's a sports film about cross country Seven seven, you would have told me I would have rated that going into that film. I would have called you crazy because <laughs> how could the ceiling Hell be raised nah. that much? Yeah. But it was. It was. That's the same score I gave on the road. That's the same score I gave the Fablemans. That's the same score I gave a lot of films that I would consider really good and and made me feel things. And it did just that. You can call me basic or whatever you want to call me, but those movies will always be something I enjoy more than a Wes Anderson film or a sci-fi alien movie. That's just, it's just what I enjoy. So what I wanted to ask you was the sense of family Mm -hmm. and feeling like you belong somewhere outside of your actual hometown or outside of being with your actual family. Like, do you have that sense and have you had that sense before? And, what has brought that on? Whether it was like a community rallying around something, a friend group, whatever. Like that sense of family to you. How often do you feel that outside of your again actual family and actual hometown? Um, honestly, I feel really lucky to say I kind of feel it pretty often. I think, um, you know, there are certain people that like really just kind of, I don't know, like bring that out. Um, for various reasons. Um, You know, like, I have friends from college who, like, that feels like my family because of that period of time it was in my life. And, like, Mm -hmm. I think that's sort of how those come about. There's, like, certain periods in life where you, like, really lean on people around you. And that that's what gives you that sense of family and stuff. And, you know, like, they might not even really know that you're leaning on them in that kind of way. But, like, I definitely think that um, there are times, too, where it's, like, very obvious. So, like, you know, my group of friends from college, like, I feel that way about. Um, And, you know, like, my old roommates, like, we fucking spent COVID together. We did not know each other that well. Like, I Mm. don't think we would have had... We were all essentially forced to become friends, and we all just have, like, super different personalities. And, like, we get along well, but holy shit, we hung out all the time because that's all we could do during that time. Um, Mm -hmm. 
And then even now too, like I feel like, you know, I hang out with you touring Thai often enough that like that also brings like this other dynamic and like sense of family to me as well. Um, mm. So yeah, I think I'm just so freaking lucky to like feel that in a lot of different ways. And um you know, it just looks like being there for each other, like, regardless of what's going on in life and, like, just, like, rooting rooting your people on and wanting mm. the best for them. And I think that really brings you together with people and, like, really forms that connection. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. That makes sense. Yeah. What about you? Yeah, I think I offer a lot of the same sentiments. I feel incredibly lucky. For me, the way that I can judge it is... I would do anything for my family, as you would oh, as yeah. well, right? Absolutely. So that's just something you're innately born with, I think. Mm-hmm. You know, and the only way that it changes is if you know, um, you know, you have an unfortunate upbringing or whatever. Right. You're innately born with the fact that you would do anything for your family, as I would and as you would. And so, whenever I judge that, would I do anything for people outside of my family? That is, I feel lucky to say that I would, and I know that they would backward you know uh, vice versa so uh you know an example is my buddy just bought a house and he you know asked a few of us to be you know go help do stuff with you know demolish it and and and, like you don't think twice you're like yeah sure i'll be there whatever you need if i can be there i'll be there and i'm moving out in a couple of weeks i know that i'll ask a couple of the guys to help and they'll be there if they can be there and in that sense of just not even really thinking twice about things you don't want to do or whatever you know you're just kind of having each other's backs and like you said rooting each other on for the better uh i feel incredibly lucky to have different pockets of that you know have a pocket of you know the the mccarthy girls that i believe will be a a part of will be a part of each other's lives for forever and you and, and and tyler obviously and tori and and college friends and high school friends, you know, I, I consider myself lucky in many ways. I have a large extended family (laughs) biologically. Yeah. You got a lot of them. And I, and I, I know I don't want this to come off fucked up or anything, but I don't see them very often. Mm -hmm. You know, they live different lifestyles. And so for me, extended family is different groups of people that you would be there for and they would be there for you. Um, and it, yeah, I, I think we're both incredibly lucky and to be able to say that we have, you know, I, I know people that grow up and go to college and whatever. And like, they don't have one high school friend. Like I have a group of high school friends that I communicate with daily. A few that will be in my wedding. Uh, you know, it's just, it's just nice to be able to know that you, in good times and bad, you got people to turn to outside of, of you know, kind of your immediate family, which, yeah. you know, tops the mountain of, of everything. Yeah. No, I totally agree with you. All right. Well, so I recommend... Ma- fucking people. We are. We absolutely are. Um, we appreciate you listening to this. You guys are our podcast family, too, whoever yeah. listens to this. We got a couple of people that we really appreciate that will text us, whether it's RJ or Dieter or Ken's or, or other people that have texted us knowing that saying, you know saying, oh, I love this episode, or thanks for letting me watch this movie. Mm-hmm. The, you, know, you are a podcast family, too, and, and we appreciate each and every one of you, uh, whether you listen once or you listened 123 times. Um, God bless you if you have. <laughs> but I do recommend McFarlane USA, especially if you're in a little bit of a you know kind of down mood and you just want to feel good. 
watch it, you'll you'll thoroughly enjoy it for sure. And I will lock that in at seven point seven. All right, I believe that takes us to the next part of the episode. <laughs> it's true. Does it? It does. It does. It does. It is time for Ryan's good news story of the week. All right. Let me bring it up here. So it's just one. No quick hitters today. I had just one story. And this is from a Foundation for a Better Life. There is a woman with Down syndrome who starts her own cookie business. After graduating from Clemson University's life program at age 26, Colette confidently went out into the job market. Despite her excellent academic record, several potential employers rejected her saying she wasn't a good fit. Colette then decided to take matters into her own hands by focusing on her strengths and her passion for baking. Enterprising Colette started her own cookie business and has now earned a global following as the owner of Coletti's Cookies. As a baker, business owner, speaker, author, and activist, she inspires others daily with her determination. Shout out to you, Colette. I will be looking into seeing if I can get some Coletti's Cookies and here on Roll the Credits, we wish you nothing but continued success and uh, pointing a bit, big middle finger to those employers who said you weren't a fit because you are a badass and you're crushing it the way that you uh, absolutely should be. Hell yeah. All right, let's go to the wheel. We have been in a streak here. We've had four lead male actors in a row since the Oscars show. Yeah. Let's see if we can break that trend we are not cheaters here on roll the credits so whatever it lands on is what it lands on i think not chris hemsworth well well, miles teller either no that's true okay oh we're on the line of course we We were between we were between two girls two two women i should say yes two women (laughs) do we have an old white man again we got a middle-aged white man again, but I do know that you love him and I love him very much. He is currently the star of our new one of our new favorite TV shows, Shrinking. Mr. Jason Siegel will be the oh subject of episode 124. Everyone knows him as Marshall from How I Met Your Mother, and a lot more people are now knowing him from Shrinking. His character name is escaping me at the moment. Uh, uh... Fuck. Oh, my God. Harrison Ford is Paul, isn't it? Paul. Yeah, Paul, Gabby, and... <laughs> I know Holy Gabby, shit. I know Liz, I know... Liz, I know everyone. Sean. Oh, no, oh, no, oh, no. Oh, we uh, gotta get this. We can't cheat. This is ridiculous. We love that show so much, and it just ended, like, three weeks ago. Uh... <laughs> shit, I don't know. I'm not even close to it. Hold on, hold on, hold on. Paul... Gabby, Liz, Sean. I don't know. It's something stupid too. Alice. Alice. What's his gay best friend's name? That might help me. Um. Oh my god. Oh my god. What the fuck? We're not. We're not looking it up. There might be awkward silences until we end this podcast, but we need to remember it right now. We're not old. This is embarrassing. Dude, I literally just watched. Jimmy. Yeah, see, I wouldn't have got there, but that is right. It's Jimmy. Is it for sure Jimmy? Yes, it's for sure Jimmy. <laughs> that took us too long, and it's crazy that I still like haven't even like fully believed that you're right. Um, I know, I'm a little pissed about that. It's 100% <laughs> Jimmy. 
Okay, well, then we will be looking at episode 124 with Jason Siegel next week. Like I said, he's been stars in some very big television shows. I love him. He's probably in one of my favorite rom-coms of all time. Oh, yeah. Um, which that fucking name of the movie is escaping me now, too. Forgetting Sarah Marshall. That's it, yeah. So we'll see what else he's been in. Um, probably fucking will forget it because our memories are mush. <laughs> but that does it for this week's episode of Roll the Credits with Kevin Costner. Two very good films. Two opposite films, it sounds like. But both recommended by myself and by Tina. And, yeah, the weather's warming up. We're approaching the middle of spring. I hope wherever you guys are, you are enjoying listening and following along. And remember, you know, life isn't as serious as I think we put our selves uh, under the pressure of and find a sense of community you know it's out there for for everybody so we wish you well and as always i'm ryan and i'm tina and we'll catch you next week on episode 124 of roll the credits with mr jason jimmy siegel